welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Glass, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 221. Thanks to everyone who took the time to tune in to last week's show. It's our second socially distant uh, podcast that we're doing. We have to do this now as we're in a, a tier two lockdown, well not lockdown, but tier two restrictions. So Steve joining me on the phone. So uh, apologies if the uh, the quality isn't the usual uh, um, level that we put out. Uh, but we'll move on. We've got two positive, two very positive results to run through this week. Two games that we've thankfully won uh, away from home on the road. Uh, a marked change from last week's show is, uh, is what you're going to get this week. We've got loads of fan views. We've got our views. We've got a roundup of everything that's gone on around the club in the last seven days. But as always, we start with a word from our sponsor. Yeah, we absolutely do. So HF Plastering proudly sponsor the Orient Outlet podcast and they are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company covering all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And you must know this by now, the best part is they offer 15% off for all Lazy Orient fans, staff, employees. For more information and for the best plastering and rendering prices around, there are four ways you can contact HF Plastering. You can go on their shiny brand new website www.hfplastering.co.uk or you can email the boys at hfplastering at outlook.com or you can visit HF Plastering on Facebook at HF Plastering or if you're on Twitter, go look up Big Ads LOFC and get in contact with Adam. So thank you to Adam and AJF Plastering for all their support and for sponsoring the podcast. Absolutely spot on. One piece of AOB for you this week. We were saddened to learn that two well-known and much-loved characters who have been at Leighton Orient for many, many years left the club earlier this week. We'd like to say thank you for everything and good luck for the future to Leighton Orient, former Leighton Orient liaison officer Howard Gould, and Errol McKellar, MBE, who's involved with many departments at the club. And for me, I'm not quite sure what's gone on for two legends like that to leave and to not really even have an official thank you for all the hard work and dedication that they've given to the trust and to the club generally. I think that's very, very poor from, from all concern there, um, from you know a club that's usually in a, in a trust that's usually very communicative and, and at the forefront of putting out um, information. Um, so yeah, very disappointed to see those guys go. You know, we had a great relationship with both of them, a great rapport. They helped us immensely at the very beginning, getting the podcast off the ground. So uh, yeah, very very saddened that they are not going to be familiar faces per se um, behind the scenes anymore. Steve, your views? Yeah, I mean. Two of the nicest guys you could ever meet, you know, yeah. sort of the earth chaps, Orient running through their blood. They do anything for you, and and like you've said, we were talking about it before we started recording. I think Howard Gould played an absolutely pivotal part in the establishment of the Orient Outlook podcast. I think it's easy to look at the podcast today and say, you know, how easy it is to be able to get great interviews through Nigel and Ken and Danny Macklin because everyone's so welcoming. But when the podcast first started six years ago, Late United Football Club wasn't like that at all. There was no support from the club. Uh, and Howard, you know, as a fan, first and foremost, not as an employee of the club, as a fan reached out and said, anything I can do for you boys, let me know. 
and he was very helpful in, in getting the message across to the club at a point where it was very difficult to do so. So massive thank you to Howard for that. Elwood McKellar, I mean, if you've ever met Elwood McKellar, what, what a man, yeah. what a character. You know, always smiling, always time for you, always gives you a big hug. So, you know, this we talk a lot about the late annoying way of doing things and we're very proud as a club of how late annoying hold themselves up and even proud of what we've seen under the stewardship in the last three years. But what's happened this week with these two, and there's obviously maybe a bit more to the story, what's happened hasn't been the late annoying way on what we're used to, um, which is really disappointing. So I hope in time these two get the send-off from the club that they deserve because, like we said, Orient pumps through their blood and through their heart. Agree, agree. Very passionate of you there, Mr Nussbaum, very passionate. So, uh, moving on then to the week that was, so Coulson Monday, the 19th of October, it was a quiet day at the club, but our social media accounts were still going absolutely crazy following the weekend's loss at home to Grimsby and obviously the previous loss uh, earlier on in that week as well. So, yeah, people were still... I said chatting away. I think more having a go at each other was probably more relevant. I've got to be honest. I mean, I love the podcast. I love it. I love what happens on a match day. I love what happens after a match day and the notifications we get. But from the match finishing on Saturday at 7.15 to yeah. about half past eight on the Monday, it was 50 hours pretty much straight. Yeah. Of, and some opinions... All opinions are welcome, I don't dispute that, but some things that came into the pod, you're just looking at going, this is absolutely balmy. So although yeah. like there was no matches, it felt like a, it felt like four match days in one for yeah. that one. So let's move on in to Tahue Tuesday, the 20th of October, and the O's made the long, long trip away to Tranmere Rovers. So the team was announced at 6pm of Lawrence Vigaru in goal, back for Tunjak and Ola, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy, James Brophy. Midfield was made up of Ousise, Joby McEnough and Craig Clay. And the forward line was JMD, Danny Johnson and Ruel Satiriu. Subs off of this one on the bench was Sam Sargent, Sam Ling, Joe Widowson, Jamie Turley, Josh Wright, James Dayton and Connor Wilkinson. So for me, I thought Ross may go 4-4-2. After what happened at the previous weekend, I thought we may have seen Brophy play further forward, but Ross stuck to his guns. And you've got to say, you know, he's a man of principle, stuck to his guns. And it's good to see JMD get the start he deserved after coming on in the Grimsby game, scoring a goal and having a real impact. So it was a big chance this one for JMD to shine. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I take your point there. A few people in my WhatsApp group at the time also thought that we had a 4-4-2 formation. I think a few on Twitter also thought that as well. But for me, I'm really liking the midfield. It's now got the driving force in Joby McEnough and his creativity too. Hopefully some players who can put a tackle in as well. Uh, Akinola being given his chance to play as he's done well previously. And it must be quite frustrating for a fit. Sam Ling now, um, obviously time will tell. Um, and you're right to make the point that Ross has stuck to his principles of 4-3-3. Um, it's obviously what we've practised heavily on in training um, and it's what the team knows. So yeah, absolutely, if you believe in it and you've got the players for it, then 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 stick to it. Lots of views came in when the team was announced. Denny Monkfish got the views underway. So three right-backs in the squad, none of them in the first team. Uh, Eves K said, got to be positive, the form will come back. LOFC 1978 says, understand we have a lot of games on Saturday and Tuesday, etc. 
but there is no logic to the selections. Why leave two fullbacks on the bench when there isn't a natural one in the first eleven? Why is Turley not starting? And why am I still asking these questions game after game? PM31970 said, bit harsh on Wilkinson to be a sub. Would start him over JMD, but happy with the rest. And John J. Miller, 23. So this lineup can also play 4 4 2, which hopefully will happen. Although there'd be little height up front. Turley being very injury prone, so it makes sense to not rush him back with consecutive games. Yeah, so the O's got the game underway with the floodlights, under the floodlights at Prenton Park, with both teams looking for a positive result after both had lost on the previous Saturday in the first half. Wasn't very eventful, to be fair. Lots of huffing and puffing, but both sides being very cautious in the opening exchanges. Yeah, Dan Happy headed over the bar from a JMD corner in the 11th minute. Two minutes later, JMD did well as he twisted and turned before floating a teasing ball into the box. But Tranmere keeper Joe Murphy comfortably pushed the ball away. Now into the 21st minute and Josh Coulson headed just wide. Joby McEnough drove into the box but dragged a shot wide a minute later. So we've got a bit of intent here. We're looking to have a go. Yeah, I mean, nothing really to talk about until the <laughs> 41st minute now. We've not mentioned any Tranmere attacks of note, which kind of gives you a, a clue about the way this game was going at this point. Cissé blazed over a shot that unexpectedly came to him from Murphy's initial save and then the first half came to a close shortly after with the sides level at a break. So we've literally gone through that half in about two minutes. So obviously not a classic. Not, not one for the history books really. <laughs> um, yeah. There are no changes by Ross at half-time as Tranmere got the second half underway. They started strongly, created a couple of half chances that were dealt with quite comfortably. Yeah, then the Fox in the box, the DJ missed a good chance in the 50th minute as Joby McInerney's corner was defended well by Tramir. The ball came out to Oos, who guided his header to DJ, who has back to goal, but he turned, shot over the bar from six yards. Great chance there. This mm. season, he's been burying them. Um, and it'll be disappointing they didn't put that one, that one away, I would say. But, you know, would that be costly? Who knew at that point? Yeah, I mean, if I was Danny Johnson, I wouldn't be beating myself up over that because that, to me, looked like quite a difficult chance. He, he had still had to turn. He had to keep the shot down when the ball was sort of slightly raised. So that wasn't, you know, that wasn't easy. Had he have done that, that would have been an absolutely stupendous goal. So, yeah, he shouldn't be too hard on himself there. But 10 minutes later, a brilliant double save from Murphy kept out McInnes' initial shot and Danny Johnson's follow-up effort as it looked certain we would score. Yeah, Murphy's done well there. He's a good keeper, uh, Murphy. played at a high level. And you got the feeling at this point that perhaps it wasn't going to be our night. We were pressing them. And if anyone looked like they were going to break through, it was definitely us. But Murphy mm. there made two good saves. McEnough looked like he was in the mood for it, like he was sniffing around for a goal. Uh, maybe he had Quest TV up and coming uh, <laughs> guest spot in his mind that he wanted to talk about scoring a goal. He was unlucky there. That was a decent shot. Uh, but at that point, you're thinking, right, well, come on, we, we've got to make one of these chances go in because we, we, we might pay yeah. otherwise yeah you're right it's a good first save and it's lucky that, that Danny Johnson's reactive shot was literally at the keeper bit of a gift for their keeper otherwise that would have been 1-0 to us but um, yeah no, no, no fault there yeah absolutely we made our first up in the 68th minute is JMD was replaced by Connor Wilkinson and he made an immediate impact just two minutes later following a very neat slick passing move he got into a decent position on the left hand side of the box he shot a great shot actually which Murphy done really well to save the ball came out to Craig Clay in the box who passed to Danny Johnson 
who turned, and this time made no mistake from close range as he made it 1-0 to the Orient. For me, finally, the breakthrough, uh, a sublime build-up, good effort there from Connor, and Clay does well there because he could have he put his laces through it and gone for goal himself, but Danny Johnson in a much better position yeah. to receive the ball. He controlled it well, Danny, and from close range made absolutely no mistake for his eighth goal of the season already. So we deserved that. It was coming and it was a good time to score. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you've, you've said there. It's a good team goal as well. We've played that out from the back. We've got a lot of passes through midfield. I think the club the club did a tweet in, in the middle of the week uh, with a sort of passometer uh, and it counted 12. I think it was on Thursday they did that and they counted, which was great, I thought, by the way. Kudos to the media team there. That was brilliant. They counted 12 passes that led to that goal. Um, great shot by Connor. And the keeper making a save for the cameras, really, I think, and uh, it, it's punished him. Yeah, absolutely. So, a much sorry better to, performance. Um, yeah, sorry, yes, carry on. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. It's because I can't see you. I can imagine what you look like, but I can't actually <laughs> see you, which is very odd. So, there wasn't much to talk about until the 86th minute when Royal Soteri was substituted after suffering a head injury. And he was replaced by Joe Widdowson. He was. Four minutes later, four minutes of additional time were added on. And in the final minute, James Brophy was replaced by James Dayton as the referee brought the game to a close uh, shortly after as the O's won for the first time in five games, meaning all three points came back to East London. Yeah, so that win sees the O's move up to 15th in League Two. As at this point, we played seven, one, two, drawn two lost three with a goal difference of minus two and eight points. So bearded legend, bearded wonder, what were your views on the Tranmere game? Well, absolutely delighted with this win. Uh, it'll give a huge welcome boost to the players and the staff and we'll shut a few of the social media keyboard warriors up, I think. Tranmere may have been really poor and had two aged defenders in their back line, but it's games like these that we have to win. Not draw, definitely not lose, but we have to win. You know, you can only play what's in front of you, I think, is the expression. But at the end of the day, we've got to be better than, than what's in front of us every single time. Ross stuck to his game plan principles. I really think it helped him having Joby in the middle. And it seemed to free up the play and ensured that our danger men got the service that they needed. That little bit of creativity. No criticism of Josh Wright here, but obviously him and Joby are two very different players. But Joby just seems to allow the free-flowing of, fo of football for us and, and, and to allow us a little bit more potency when we're on the, uh, when we're on the attacking side of things. Um, seemed like a more complete performance, although we've not exactly reviewed a particularly interesting game. You know, the first half was literally two sentences. And the second half, we've skipped most of it. So, you know, we, we had high percentage of possession reflects obviously the control that we had on the game. I know Tranmere were without James Vaughan and a couple of other players that were pretty crucial, but it's tough, isn't it? You know, we'll be without crucial players at times and we might get beat and we might win. Who knows? Um, and also the fact that there were several choices for man of the match tells you more. And I've ended by saying roll on Stevenage. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point there about Joby. A good point there that you made about Joby Mackinough. I think Joby not only brings a more attacking element to the midfield, but he brings a, a very, very calm and a very experienced yes. head, whose influence I think on that on the other ten on the pitch, as we saw from the previous Grimsby game, can't be undermined. And Joby again seems just to be rolling back the years and be, being not only a pivotal member of the coaching staff but an absolutely pivotal member of the squad so much like when Joby plays we see a different Orient team roll up mm. um, that's because which is really strange but 
yeah, I think that's because he allows other people to do what they do best because of what he does. He's kind of that linchpin of the sort of, you know, that midfield role that he he plays. It's kind of like he's the centre of the universe in that regard. You know, the defence are easy, are let off easier because he's able to, to play a pass or to be in a position that allows him or others around him to be where they need to be quicker and allow them to, to, to do what they do and just relaxes them and, and, and all sorts of things in terms of a counter-attack. He's got that vision to pick a pass or just play an easier pass or an easier ball and not or not play a Hollywood ball but, but go back and reset and start again. Um, and I think that calmness that he brings just allows the others to do what they need to do, knowing that they've got him there, that they can do what they need to do. And if the ball gets turned over that Joby's going to be there or Oos will be there to mop up, for example. Yeah, I think now, I think when you look at it, if Ross plays a 4-3-3 and you look at the three, I think you go, well, Oos is nailed on to start and I think now Joby's nailed on to start. So for the other position, you look at Clay or Wright, it's not a case of would it be Josh Wright or Joby now, it's a case of would it be Josh Wright or Craig Clay, but a good headache there for Ross to have. But yeah. that game, I mean... That was a deserved win, even though we didn't really go through it in great detail because there wasn't actually that much to talk about. I don't think we've actually spoken about Lawrence Vigaru once in that game. Mm. I don't remember Lawrence Vigaru making any saves of note, which which is great for us. And you know, I think you've said it about two minutes before, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Yes, it's a different game with James, James Vaughan's on the pitch and some of the other players, but they won. Uh, so you know, it, it, that was obviously a step up from Saturday's game. So obviously, words have been said. Yeah. Um, and they have gone through it from keeping a clean sheet in that game to the previous performance. It was it was miles apart. That was a real positive, and that would do wonders for you know the back the back four, especially young Tunjak and Ola, who got a lot of plaudits as well yeah. as Josh Colson, which was really good to see. Good to see Johnson get another goal. Um, you know, eight already. It, we spoke about that miss, which was a difficult chance, but always good to see a striker put the ball in the back of the net. And I finished by just saying, on to Stevenage now, and if we are able to beat Stevenage, then we can start looking up the table now, as opposed to looking down on the table. Mm. So, yeah, good win, good performance. And you can see from when the players came off the pitch in the photos on social media and in the videos that the club put out, they, they were very happy to win that. And you could feel a bit of a sense of relief. Relief, and yeah. Morale looks, morale looks good. Mood looks good. And it was, right, on Stevenage now, let's go and show them what Leighton Orient are about. So those were our views. We had tons of your views coming after the match. So thank you to everyone who tweeted us at Orient Outlook. As we say every week, just because we mention them does not by any means... Uh, mean that we endorse them or agree with them they're just putting there for balance so one Adam Conway tweeted us and said well deserved would have been a travesty not to have won Tranmere were dreadful Brophy is still wasted in defence but other than that it was a good game management from Ross Alf Wounton 96 says fantastic performance from the boys that's the answer we needed and we got it well deserved win same again on Saturday come on you O's LOFC fan too said Coulson was man of the match I think people without an agenda towards him will agree Ollie underscore Sonnenfeld um, said that's more like it. Some really strong performances today, particularly thought Coulson, Happy and Akinola were great at the back, although surely Dayton was man of the match. <laughs> that was obviously alluding to Dayton playing all of five minutes. Uh, Richie <laughs> well, J. Bourne. Five seconds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said play Tranmere at the right time with their main forward line out, but organised display, controlled 
and we ground out good results. Spenno011 tweeted in and he said, organised, good shape and good game management after we scored. Tranmere were great, but that weren't great, sorry, but that's probably down to our performance. Great result and a very good ref. Stomeister said, after Saturday's performance, a great win. The back four looked comfortable, wall match, and the impact of Joby's leadership on the midfield and the team was clear to all. Overall, a very controlled performance with real impact from Wilco's introduction. Same starting 11 on Saturday. Well, well, who had their crystal ball out? Um, pretty much uh, got that spot on. Uh, Orion Dave thoroughly deserved three points. Good professional performance. Everyone did their job. I'm sure Wilkinson would have fancied coming on, getting involved and helping finish the job off. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what did happen. Exactly. Steve Chaplin 4. It's a very solid away performance. Tramit did look very average, although they have had their own COVID problems. I thought Satiri was superb and the defence looked good on to Stevenage. Yeah, the tipping Tim said Tramit were truly woeful, but the O's totally outplayed them and thoroughly deserved it. Uh, Joby's youthful energy and Akinola's promise, Ruel's relentless efforts were my high points, but hard to, put, uh, but hard to find any negatives tonight up the O's. Yeah, Gorillas, 1985. Keep the same back four for the rest of the season as much as possible and we will be fine. Wrap DJ up in cotton wool. That man is on fire. If he's on fire, I wouldn't put him on cotton wool. Um, Watson0212 <laughs> said, really, really pleased for Ross. We looked composed and solid throughout the game and much more threatening in the second half. The team were looking more than up for it and answered all justified previous criticism. Well done all. I think that's a really good point. Great point, yeah. great point. Joe Jessen, 16, said that's more like it. A dominant win built on the back four, all being totally solid, and a midfield dynamic, ready to run at the Tranmere defence. Yeah, Les LK, 52, said much, much better, albeit against a poor side, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Hopefully this can relaunch our season. And a shout-out to Akinola, the West Ham boy, looked like a season pro. Well done all. I can only get a lot of plaudits Very uh, after so. this game. Yeah, really good to see. Matty Sari said, we've been waiting all season for a 19-minute performance. We finally got it. Outstanding tonight from 1 to 11. Showed excellent concentration, togetherness and organisation. Hope we can kick on from here. Great words there, you know, concentration, togetherness, organisation, mm-hmm. all, all words that you want to see for your team. Yeah, Alan Reeves too said a deserved win against a terrible team. I like Cissé in front of the back four and much more dynamic midfield going forward without Wright, the crab footballer, slowing it down. I also think Ruel's performance might go slightly unnoticed, but I thought his constant positive attitude trying to beat defenders created space for others. Thought he was superb tonight, especially as I imagine he would prefer to be a central striker. That's a great point about Satiriu. Like we, we barely mentioned him in the match highlights, but there's a few tweets after the match saying how well he played. So well done, young Satiriu. Matt J. Nash said, controlled most of the game, never looked in trouble at the back, and the winner looked like it was coming. We made Trammer look poor, and time will tell whether they are or not. And the best midfield three together, in my opinion, as they complement each other well. Yeah, Leon Othan said that's an accomplished performance as I can remember since Peterborough away in 2013-2014. Solid in defence, knocked the ball around confidently and quickly. Sub was made at the right time, and I did see Ross tease us with a cheap. And did I see Ross tease us with a cheeky 4-4-2 in the last 10 minutes? I didn't see yeah. it, so I don't actually know. Might no, me neither. Orient Fan TV said, Trammy aren't one of the best teams we've played this season, but you can only beat what's in front of you. The team looks solid from the first whistle and deserve a win. Please for Ross and his management team as well. Akinola, man of the match for me, 
with DJ a close second up the O's. Terence Coates too said, good to get a win in the league. There were some questionable moments such as the passing in the first half and Dean Brewer's moustache. But let's hope. Let's, but let's enjoy the win and hope the team build from there. Tough decision for man of the match, but I'd give my vote to Akinola. That's brilliant. This juice is lovely. Three points indeed. Far more solid throughout. Akinola gets better and better each game. Link is going to struggle to get back in the team. Happy and Coulson brilliant together, and the fox in the box finishes it. Pleased for Ross. Bring on Stevenage. Wilco 300 said, Great performance and great to see the team still playing for their manager. Also great to have nothing to moan about this evening. Well, one or two found something to moan about, I can assure you. But yeah, generally, nothing to moan about. Essex Silver Fox, who was very critical after the Grimsby game, tweeted, I said, Eating my words regarding the last games. Methinks I was a bit harsh. Good away win Paul 512705 tweeted and said better result performance was still lacking but three points is three points we seemed to hit Tranmere at a good time for us they were not good we were basically less bad than them but that's a start got to build on it as long as you're less bad than the team you're playing you're always going to be <laughs> alright I think I'm, I'm, I'm fine with being less bad than the team we're playing yeah. Essex Biz said, lovely to see some positive tweets. You could hear a pin drop in Critics Corner. No praise from a certain couple of moaners. Anyway, so pleased for us and the boys thoroughly deserved tonight. We all need to stick together as a club. It's the only way success can be achieved. Back the boys. We win together, lose together and draw together. And it ended his tweet by hashtagging together. Yeah, but he, I thought he was going to do bad boys for life then, but he didn't. Um, now, we've had a tweet in from a Tranmere fan, Tom Gill, 1533, who said, we played well played today, gents, but don't get too carried away as you've just played one of the most toothless Tranmere sides I've seen in 28 years. And I've seen James Alarby. First half... Tom, look- you legend. <laughs> what an absolute great point for Tom to make there. First, <laughs> yeah, he thinks that's a slight, but we're all, we all love James here. First half looked like it was going to be a bore draw, but your lads upped it second half and really could have scored three in the end. Brilliant. I love it when opposition fans tweet us. It happens once in a while. I love the fact that opposition fans... It don't happen once in a does it? Well, I think, that, I think he's obviously seen the LFC timeline as he knows the tweets going to Orient Outlook. So thank you to Tom there. But as much as I love opposition fans <laughs> tweeting us, I also love former players tweeting us. Yeah. And none more so than the mighty at Dean under seven Cox, who had the final word on Tranmere, who said cagey first half, but as the away team, very happy with that. Second half, much better. Great win and something to build on. Well done, Ross and the management team and the players on to the next. I would have loved to have played with Danny Johnson. What a goal scorer. He would have got me loads more assists. Long may his goal scoring form continue. I mean, to be fair, Dean Cox, I think he's done too badly with Kevin Lisby. Uh, heading you've crosses. just taken that sentence out of my mouth. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue to say that. Absolutely agree. He didn't have two bad guys up top in Mooney and Lisby, did he, to be fair? But um, congratulations to, to Dean and his now wife, Louisa. They got married earlier in the week, so congrats to you and your lovely family uh, and everyone. Yeah, so uh, wishing you a lifetime of happiness there. So that rounds up loads of views there. Sorry, we 
we like to get as many as we can in, a few crossover points, but I think generally there's a lot of different bits and pieces in all of them. Um, as you know, we do the Prediction League. It's sponsored by At Design Cabby. They specialise in company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design with all LOFC fans getting a discount. Yep, you guessed it, it's 15% off. You can find James on social media. He's at Design Cadby. Uh, that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can email him now if you've got any queries or, or want to get an idea of some costs or some ideas. It's hello at jamescadby.com. So get in touch with him, and he can help talk you through what your options are going to be. So uh, well done to Dan Alton, 2590, London Gary W, and uh, at Jeff Cole 18, who all correctly predicted a 1-0 win to Orient, so you will get three points. But extra special props go to at Orient Fan TV and at Tony underscore Antonio, who predicted 1-0, and Danny Johnson to get the scorer, so you get the maximum of four points. And we'll have a full prediction league table uh, or top of the prediction league table round up at the end of this podcast. Yeah, well done to everyone who predicted correctly on that game. So moving on into Wednesday, the 21st of October. And it was a quiet day at the club with no news to report, as obviously everyone was coming down from the highs of Tranmere and now looking forward to the upcoming game against Stevenage. Yeah, and moving in on to Thursday, the 22nd of October, a very happy 19th birthday to Brendan Shabani. Yeah, happy birthday to the, to the young Oak, all yep. of us. Yeah, absolutely. Mooney Friday, the 23rd of October, a day in which we remember with pride O's legend Richard McFadden, the Clapton Orient inside forward and goal scorer who was killed during the Battle of the Somme, having been seriously wounded by a shell blast while leading a line of troops along the trench in the front line near the village of Serre on October the 22nd of 1916, which resulted in his death in a field hospital the following day, lest we forget. I mean, there's been some great work over the years um, from the club. Obviously, the great gameplay, which was yeah. a few years ago now, was absolutely sensational. But it's lovely to see that the club still remember, you know, every year the anniversary, you know, of the passings of these wonderful um, and brave men who win went off to war and unfortunately never came back. Can you believe, though, that was literally 104 years and two days ago as we record this on the Sunday? 104 years and two days ago, the First World War was well underway and one of our own lost his life. That just just blows my mind. Really blows my mind. But anyway, um, Saturday the 24th of October now, the under-18s were in action away to league leaders Luton Town. And they drew 2-2 thanks to goals from Daniel Naruma and the second goal from Jaheim White. So well done to the young O's. That can't have been an easy game to be in. Yeah, great point there. Well done to the youngsters. Good to see the youngsters getting more coverage um, through the uh, social account. So whoever's running that account, well done. Lovely to see Brian Saar being interviewed after the match and and decent updates there. But time for the main event. It was Stevenage away. And before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. And we had 246 votes in 24 hours. And you voted as follows. A measly, a very, very low 9% Orient would lose the game 14% of you thought the game would be a draw with a massive overwhelming huge majority 77% saying that Orient would win the game and as always a massive thank you to every time we see a massive majority like that I always get worried we're going to lose 100% 
100%. And also off the back of Tranmere, I think a lot of that, had that been a draw or a loss, I think that would have been very, very different. But the fact that we only had 9% down to lose, considering the negativity um, after the previous game that we had, um, it surprises me immensely. It really does. Um, Yeah, so thanks to everyone who voted. Yeah, at two o'clock, the team was announced for Stevenage with Vigoru in goal. Back four of Naven Akinola, Josh Corson, Dan Happy and James Brophy. Midfield of Usi Say, Joby McInerney and Craig Clay. And up top, Connor Wilkinson, Danny Johnson and Ruel Satiri. The bench for this one had Sam Sargent, Joe Widowson, Jamie Turley, JMD, James Dayton, Josh Wright and Louis Dennis. Yeah, it's one change for the O's from the team that won at Tranmere as Connor Wilkinson replaced Jordan Maguire-Drew in the starting lineup. Ross explained that the margins are narrow and it comes down to who's performing on a regular basis and to what level as to who gets picked, which I thought was interesting. I've not seen a pre-match post-team announcement uh, uh, interview uh, before. Uh, maybe they have done them, I just haven't seen them, but uh, picked that one up and it was interesting that... Um, uh, that, that Ross made that comment, you know, there's not much in it. It's between Connor and Jordan for that that sort of left or right forward position, uh, really. But for me, I like the fact that it's an unchanged side. I've said it numerous times before, unchanged sides, um, for me, I think, I don't know if it's statistically right, but for me, I feel that they do much better. Um, everyone deserves the opportunity, given the performance against Tranmere. Um, Jordan probably feels upset that he hasn't got his chances, he's done well. But Connor Wilkinson had a say in the outcome of the Tranmere game, so you'd argue that he deserves the spot as well. Um, as Ross sees his best start in 11, uh, more frequently play, I think players are going to start being left out, not get as much game time, which is a bit of a headache for Ross to have, to have but a nice headache for him to have. You know, Players complaining, I want to play, I want to play, and not being given that game time. So, so yeah, it's going to be interesting now, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I was happy with that lineup when I saw it. I think Ross has spoken a lot about squad rotation and having to use um, his squad available to him. But I, like you said, there's something in having a consistent team, especially in defence, I think, where we've kind of struggled this season. So it's good to see a consistent back four, the same unchanged back four. Um, and yeah, you, you could understand why Wilkinson got the nod ahead of JMD. But I was, I was fairly happy with that team, not... There weren't many complaints with that at all. Um, but we had lots of views that came in. Dan Alton, 2590, the closest we've been to an unchanged side, desperate for some type of consistency and continuity. Please Wilkinson's us back in the side, though. Dave M1812 said, Not a fan of playing Akinola and Brophy at fullback, but totally the right decision from Ross. We need stability, especially at the back. Yeah, good point there. George Nicholas underscore once. He's a bit worried about the overlap today. Steve is normally play with a lot of width, so hoping we're more of a 4-5-1 off the ball than 4-3-3. Three, three. Fingers crossed for three points and some momentum to bring some excitement. Yeah, Steve Nidge, managed by XO Alex Ravel, made three changes to his starting eleven from their game Tuesday night, but the team still included Scotty C. And Scotty on, C. And on the bench was Romain Vincelot. Yeah, so the match kicked off with the O's looking to build on their good midweek win at Tramier. Stevenage also looking to bounce back from their midweek defeat at home to Newport. I mean, I think we've talked about it. A lot of those fans were expecting a fairly easy match. And Stevenage at this point hadn't been turned over too badly this season. They weren't doing very well, but it was always losing by the odd goal. They weren't getting hammered 3-0, 4-0. They were always losing 1-0 or 2-1. So I always thought it was going to be a more difficult match than what people expected. Yeah, 
inclined to agree with you on that. I think the other thing that people may or may not know is that, I mean, obviously the Stevenage side from last year were utterly dreadful and they only got saved by the EFL pushing Macclesfield out, so they got a reprieve. And Alex Ravel's come in and he's done a full rebuild. He's got rid of everyone from last season, from what I understand, and he's brought in a bunch of uh, non-league guys that have got the what he feels the ability to step up. He's got a lot of loan signings in the squad as well. So he's got a full rebuild job on, and I just hope Stevenage give him time. You know, they're, they're not in the bottom two at the moment. Um, maybe results will start to pick up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it can't be easy when you're literally starting from scratch. I mean, we know about that. Um, but um, yeah, maybe maybe in, in time, maybe we caught them at a good time to play them. Yeah, pretty much. The first opportunity for it came in the ninth minute after some very nice build-up play involving Connor Walkinson and some great footwork. Saw the ball fed to Joby McEnough about 20 yards from goal. He fired wide. Yeah, two minutes later, Elliot Osborne found himself unmarked in the box. The ball came to him, but fortunately, it was a high bounce and it allowed Dan Happy to recover and clear the danger. 12 minutes, Mr Satui was robbed off the ball in the middle of the pitch and the ball eventually was worked out wide by Stevenage. And the following shot that came as well was saved by Vigaru, who was already getting called into action a little bit here, Vigaru, but obviously... We've mentioned it many a time on the podcast, and I think we'll mention it again after this mm. match. It's very safe hands, Mr. Vigaru. Yeah, I think I think I don't know if we come to it in Ross's post match, but he does make the comment that although Lawrence had a number of saves to make, he wasn't flying across his goal, finger tipping top corner efforts out. You know, they all came to him or were close close enough to him. He was worked. Don't get me wrong. And if he'd have made a fumble, then it'd have allowed them in the game, but or allowed them to win the game. But you know, um, he 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 did what he needed to do. Thankfully, uh, we're going to fast forward eight minutes to the twentieth minute now. And again, talking about Lawrence Vigrou, he was called into action. A big save by him as a Stevenage cross went to the back post where Scott Cuthbert headed back across goal. Their man got a faint touch to divert the ball to the far post, but thankfully Lawrence Vigaru got down well, and he's a tall boy as well, so to get down quickly um, was no mean feat, and uh, he did well to save that. Yeah, decent save there from Lawrence. Seconds later, at the other end, Connor Wilkinson's shot just went past the post following some nice build-up play. Yeah, the last 10 minutes have been mostly Stevenage, but looking like two sort of really evenly matched sides. Uh, It might sound like a contradiction in terms, but I'd I'd noticed at this point that that Stevenage had sort of had more of the ball and Dave's commentary, um, you know, that I was watching and listening, you know, watching the match and listening to, you know, from what I could recall, had had been mostly Stevenage, but 26 minutes on the clock and a great counter by the O'Saw. Connor Wilkinson feed Joby McAnuff, who quickly fed... Craig Clay, he laid it off to James Brophy, whose cross came into the box, came out to Craig Clay, but he unfortunately skewed his shot well wide. Yeah, a stat that we picked up in the 31st minute on Orient TV. It's a possession in the 31st minute for the match. Stevenage 39%, Orient 61%. So the O's enjoying a much greater deal of the play. But in the 33rd minute, Stevenage free kick was smashed against the wall. Came out to Reed 25 yards out. He took a low shot, saved the Figaro, who got the ball at the second attempt. Joby McEnough made some space for himself to have a shot, but fired over in the 39th minute. Yeah, and a minute later, Vigaru started a quick counter-attack. They saw a great effort by Connor Walkinson from the edge of the box. But Jamie Cumming in the Stevenage goal touched the ball over. Dan Sappy. Dan Happy. Dan Sappy. That's a new <laughs> sign-in that no one knows about yet. 42 minutes, Dan Happy saw his low <laughs> shot saved. And then a minute of time was added on and played out as the teams went into the break goalless. So half-time, 
nil-nil goal. I mean, Mr. Levy, you actually paid the £10 fee, watched the match. What were your thoughts on the first half? Well, we hadn't worked their goalkeeper that half. Uh, Lawrence had been the... Uh, Vigarou had been the busier of the two keepers, unfortunately. Uh, fairly evenly matched, despite that comment, but we have to do much, much better in the second half. Yeah, we had a few tweets that came into Orin L at half-time. Kid Sampson, though, wasn't very impressed. He said, diabolical first half. Stevenage have zero quality, but our defence is so flimsy that we've given them the majority of the chances. Utterly pedestrian from us going forward. Need to start matching them for effort or they'll accidentally toe-punt the clearance in. Yeah, David Barrett 6 said, did DJ actually touch the ball in that half? I think the answer Gary to that is, ha- yes, by way of a deflection, I think. <laughs> Gary Hammond perked with it. That's half time. So game after game, Rigaru does very well, but his distribution too close to the lines or yeah. over for a throw. That was so getting it was a bit one... frustrating to watch. That he was passing it out to Connor on the on the wing, um, and if it was over hit or under hit, it would it would either go over him or, or go out before it reached him. It, it was a bit of a, a futile thing to keep doing, hoping that it was going to change. Um, it was tough conditions, wasn't it? I think it was very it was windy. So windy. Uh, yeah. It was a difficult one to play. Absolutely. Obviously, it's better in those conditions to play along the floor, but if you've been practising all week to, to get the ball from Bigger to Walkinson, that's obviously what they're going to try and do. But well picked up there uh, by Gary. One change at mm. half-time is JMD was brought on for Royal Asturio, who took a knock couldn't continue he's banged on the head had a bit of concussion yeah. uh, Ross jokes speaking Greek at half time hopefully Mr Sotiriou will be alright for our for our busy week coming up this week absolutely 49 minutes on the clock a long ball saw List get the better of Dan Happy he got his shot away from close range but thankfully Vigarou saved well at the near post I thought that was a good save there I think yeah. it, it, that could have beaten a few other keepers in the league too for me I think Happy looked a bit slow there Happy over the last two or three games hasn't looked like the Dan Happy that I think we're used to whether he's still recovering if he had COVID or if he's picked up a knock somewhere or mm. if he's knackered but looked a bit slow there I must say Mr Happy on that one but mm. Vigarou done well saved him and it goes out for a corner yeah 51 minutes patient build up uh, play sees the ball eventually patient orient build up play eventually sees the ball come to Connor Wilkinson on the edge of the box but unfortunately he blazed over the bar and I think he should have done a bit better there I think he'd be a bit disappointed with himself there a minute later neat build up play again so the ball comes to JMD in the box who tried to be coming at the near post but he turned it round the post for a corner 62 minutes so just over the hour mark now Orient took the lead as JMD closed down Luther James Wilding and the ball rebounded into the box Danny Johnson picked up the loose ball uh, squared it to JMD whose shot was hard and low into the corner of the net as he scored for the second consecutive Saturday and it's 1-0 to the O's I thought that was a brilliant brilliant goal just shows you that defending from the front does work well done I think that's a goal we've seen Orient concede time and time again so it's nice to see Orient getting a goal um, that way good yeah. closing down well played from Johnson who wasn't in a great position to shoot but yes. we've seen strikers try their luck at that. he does well to play JMD and JMD does well to kind of control the ball and to look up to see where the keeper is and he finishes it really well so and great goal again from JMD second consecutive Saturday and he'll be full of confidence now and I think there's a massive difference between a confident JMD who's coming off the back of two goals and a non-confident JMD mm. who's coming off the back of no goal so I think that 
gives Ross a real, real good headache. Real headache, um, absolutely. Coming up into the next round of fixtures. But also, he had Scotty C dive in to stop him from doing that. So, if it had been a second later, I think Scott would have got his foot to that. Um, so it was it was a good goal and it was I think you're absolutely right really unselfish of Danny Johnson not to take the shot and to square it to Jordan so you can see that there's that team ethos that that you know we we win together doesn't matter who scores it's just we need to score sort of thing which I I'm, I'm a massive fan of so that was the last kick of the game uh, no, no six, so sixty fifth minute it got even better videos. As Connor Wilkinson doubled our lead to make it 2-0. Um, a really good move again. JMD played in Joe McEnough down the left-hand side. McEnough bombed down the left, crossed into the box. Uh, the ball came to Connor Wilkinson, who buried his shot first time, past the keeper, into the back of the net for his fifth goal of the season. And it was 2-0 to Orion. Yeah, great run by Joby. Good kick, good pass initially. Started in the midfield by Jordan Maguire-Drew. Uh, found Joby really, really well. Absolutely brilliant run by Joby. Busting a gut down that left wing. Uh, and a superb finish. Very happy with that one. Uh, Connor's fifth goal of the season, equaling his total goal, goal scoring tally from last term. So mm. well done to Connor Wilkinson. Great finish. Well played to Joby. Um, really, really good. At that point, you kind of felt the game was over. Or I did anyway. And that was the last kick of the game for Joby. I think you could tell Joby is being used very well and effectively so at 2-0 we obviously knew the game was done so he gets pulled straight off obviously want to keep him fresh um, for Tuesday night and on came Louis Dennis who's obviously been injured with his back injury so good mm. to see Dennis get, get some game time as well Yeah absolutely right 72 minutes on the clock then Connor Wilkinson was after more goals as a swift orient attack saw the ball played to Connor who curled an effort goal bound but coming made a decent save as he pushed the ball away. I think that was one for the cameras, if I'm being honest. Not I think that anyone right. was there, but I'm pretty sure that was for the highlight reel. I think the ball picked up pace on the wind I think as it was kind. going towards goal, but it was definitely a safe one. It was definitely a safe for the cameras I think you're being there. I'm generous. With you. I'm with you all the way. 75th minute, Luther James Wilden. That is a wicked name. Yeah, that's like, a, in. that's like something out of Dallas or something, isn't it? It's like an author, like a 19th century author. His effort was blocked into the path of Jack Aitchinson, who shot, but Vigaru made the stop. 78 minutes now on the clock we make. And our next, another substitution is Josh Wright replaced Connor Wilkinson. And the three minutes later, Josh was in action as he set up JMD. He worked the pass across the box. It was goal-bound, but the ball was cleared away. And I wrote in, in I wrote a note like, "How's that not gone in? That looked like that was going in at the far corner, at the far post, and it's just been battered away. That's that's unlucky. That unlucky there. Yeah. You made a point again. Another position stats came up in the 84th yeah. minute. This time, stats 42 percent. Possession for Stevenage Orient on 58, so still enjoying the majority of the yeah. possession. Yeah, 85th minute, Lawrence Vigaru was called into action, made two saves as Josh Wright and Dan Happy failed to deal with Effion, who got a powerful shot towards goal, which was well saved by Vigaru. And the ball came to Tyrone Marsh, who drove towards goal, and his follow up was also comfortably saved by Vigaru. I thought the first save in that um, piece of action, I thought that was a brilliant save. I'm surprised I watched that interview with Ross. And I did pick up on the thing about the shots being close to Vigru. I think that's actually doing Vigru a bit of a discredit, um, if I'm honest. I thought Vigru made some very good saves in that match, but I've digressed. Six minutes of injury time were added as Jack Asianson took a knock um, and 
was out for a bit of a while actually so we wished him well there was nothing else to talk about in the remaining time as the ref brought the game to a close as the O's made it the perfect week with two away wins and two clean sheets in a week after the match Ross Embleton spoke to David we're going to play a little snippet we're going to play the first one minute 55 of Ross's interview with Dave so here's what Ross had to say post-match Ross, thanks for joining us. Congratulations, a comprehensive performance and back-to-back wins. Yeah, what a difference a week, mate. So, Dave, um, had some panicky phone calls and text messages last week um, and we have to put things into perspective. So, by no means today are we the finished article and, um, you know, and, and we're going to get promoted off the back of two comfortable wins. But, like I say, for me, by no means this time last week were we, was it panic stations. Uh, club's been through a lot. I have to, have to recognise that in terms of our return after that, um, whether people like that as a, as a reason or not. Um, and I feel that now I can see the freshness, I can see the, uh, the attitude, I can see um, a Leighton Orient team that I would like to see out on the pitch performing, which we've done in the last two games. And I thought, especially second half today, but I think we respected the, uh, the opposition and the elements in the first half very, very well as well. And a real impact from Jordan McGuire drew off the bench at half-time. Yeah, Jordan, rightly so, should be disappointed that he didn't play tonight, didn't start tonight, today, didn't start the game. Um, but we have to remember at the same time that Connor's had a you know, very good season as well. So my conversation with Jordan before the game wasn't to explain to him why he wasn't playing. It was more to explain to him the reason why Connor was, was starting in his place. But um, Jordan and I have a very good understanding that when we have a conversation and he knows he's performing well, his reaction is always, when I come on, I'm going to be ready. And he was ready you know, in, in an abundance today. And I, and, I, and I love that about Jordan. And an assist from DJ, Dan Johnson. Yeah, and he's, um, he's in with the drug testers now, the, the random drug test. I just said to the boys, I think he's been selected because I want to find out if there's anything wrong because he never scored today. Um, but very similar to Craig Clay, I would say, on, um, on Tuesday night. Could have quite easily taken a touch and set himself to shoot. And in the form that he's in, you would have, would have backed him to, uh, to, have, to have got close to scoring. But to show that composure, pick someone out, what that does show is he's, he's, he's a team player as well as being a fantastic goal scorer. So thanks very much indeed to uh, to Dave Victor there for uh, for sending us Ross post match. Yeah, I mean that interview is available on the club's official YouTube channel if you want to go and check out the rest of what Ross said. So that yeah. win sees us move again up the table. Currently 14th place. Now played eight games, one three, drawn two, lost three. Goal difference of zero. And 11 points. So, bearded legend, bearded wonder. What were your views on the Stevenage game? It, it wasn't a great football game, but I'm absolutely delighted that we plugged away, we worked hard, we kept our shape well, and we took the two chances, the two clear-cut chances that we had. And you know I'm a fan of an unchanged side, especially a winning one. I thought Connor and Jordan did well today, and the defence was solid. Nice to see James Brophy getting forward a fair bit too. Uh, Joby McEnough, boss in the midfield, made all the difference again, in my opinion. And full credit to Lawrence Vigarou for his game-changing, and I guess game-saving contributions. It's such a contrasting show, this one, compared to what we were talking about last week, where we're now talking about two wins from two away games, two clean sheets and three different goal scorers as well. Um, I see people saying how poor Stevenage and Tranmere were, and we've only beaten two poor sides, but... These are the games, as I said earlier, that we have to win. We have to beat the poorer sides that, that haven't got their star players or aren't on a good uh, run of form. Had we lost or drawn, the fan base would have been even more unhappy um, and it would have been an absolute meltdown. 
um, and saying, obviously, and rightly so, that we can't beat the poorer sides. It would have raised an awful lot more questions. But these wins give us the momentum to go up against the two hard teams that we've got next week in Exeter uh, and Bolton Wanderers, albeit only one of those two is actually doing well at the moment. So well done to all the staff, well done to all the players. More, more next week, please. Yeah, I mean, it was another good win. Um, two wins in a week, and we can't, you can't ask for more than that. Two clean sheets, and for the first time, little squad rotation for this match. So is yeah. this now, is this Ross's best eleven for the formation he wants to play? You'd probably argue yes. Um, it's good to see another clean sheet for Vigaru. I thought he made some great saves in that match um, and kept us in it at point. It's well played to the defence. It seems like the four now of Brophy, Coulson, Happy and Akinola maybe starting to understand each other's games a little bit more. Maybe Brophy's more confident at left back. Maybe Akinola now knows Happy's and Coulson's game a bit better and is linking up better. And the midfielder, Clay Cease and Mack and up obviously working very well together. And I know... Ross has said numerous times Joby has to be managed but I think Joby at the moment is one of the first names on the team sheet I think I'd be amazed if Joby doesn't start on Tuesday and again if we go two up if we go two up on Tuesday I don't think we will but I think if we do go into a commander lead on Tuesday Joby would be straight off that pitch and and wrapped up in cotton wool Um, but it seems at the moment we've got a good balance between attack and defence which is down to that midfield which is what we've been missing earlier in the season Um, and up front if it's not DJ then it's Connor and if it's not Connor then it's James so good to see varied scorers this week on the podcast we've seen uh, one for Danny one for Connor and one for JMD only really Satiru who came off both, both matches with head yeah. injuries uh, didn't score so good to see three goals from three different players and a big week coming up now but we'll have harder tests this week and we'll get a bit of a better better view of where we are actually at as a League 2 club but obviously we'll talk about the upcoming fixtures a bit later on in the podcast. Those were our views. Again, loads of views came in post-match. Again, these are all views that came into Orient Outlook. So thank you to everyone who sends us views of the matches. The occasional one kept it very short, but very sweet, who said crisis. What crisis? Yeah, good question. I think just, just before I read the next one, just to pick up on your point, I think with Joby, I think it is going to have to be managed very, very carefully. You know, you're talking about three games in a week there, really, for in a seven-day period. Um, maybe be, he'll be rested against Bolton, which who are obviously much lower down the, the table than us, but maybe you're right, maybe he'll only play an hour Tuesday night, irrespective of the score. But I think you do have to be careful uh, with you know with JB. He didn't have a full season last year, and he, he needs to be managed. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's a, that's going to be a one to watch, a space to watch, really. Um, David Reichard, eighty, said that's a fantastic result against a physical side, a very professional performance, and some good football played in the second half. Andrew Green, six, is bigger, best player. On the pitch. That's our 73. So what a difference a week makes. Two games, six points and two clean sheets. Benefits of a more settled side. Hopefully back on an even keel after the COVID episode. Yeah, good point there. Very yeah. good point. Boatsy said, poor first half, much better second. Back-to-back away wins, two clean sheets. Ross made a great choice in bringing on JMD. Seems like JMD is more of an impact player. Exeter and Tuesday will be tough, but definitely winnable. Daniel underscore D44 said, great second half performance, two out of two away from home and two clean sheets, superb second goal. The defence played very well, should be over the moon, but I still have doubts about that formation and wonder how we'll do when we actually play a good team. I was fan basing, so don't forget Vigaru saves today would have been very different without him. 
excellent forward play in the second half. JMD made a big difference of Mackinac defying his age again. Clay was average, but didn't matter. A great, comfortable win in the end. Uh, Molly Folly, 2019, one of Ross's more critical uh, critiques out there, if you like. So thank goodness for Lawrence Vigarou, top-class goalkeeper, kept us in it before the Stevenage era, which changed the game. Great second goal, but Lawrence Figueroa made it comfortable. Scoreline flatters us a bit, but the fact that we kept a settled side with Joby starting gave us the stability to beat a poor team. And I think that last bit is absolutely right. Joby starting yeah, gave us point. the stability to beat a poor team. Yeah. East side orients. The forwards scored the goals, but the game was won in central midfield where Clay and McEnough were excellent. Need to start doing that at home too. I mean, that's why I think McEnough starts on Tuesday, mm. regardless of his age or playing three games in seven days. I think he's too, he's too pivotal to the team at the moment just to put on the bench. Yeah, I agree. But the, the issue is, is that if, he, if his body breaks down because it's been put through too much, then we lose him for longer than one game. Um, so it's, it's kind of real swings and roundabouts, really. Um, Orient underscore Ed tweeted in and he said, professional performance, super finishes and a great result. Jordan Maguire Drew was brilliant, but he really frustrates me. If he could just play like that on a consistent basis, then he would be an amazing player. And obviously, Ed, it goes without saying what I'm about to say next. But if he was that amazing week in, week out and that consistent week in, week out, he wouldn't be at Leighton Orient. He'd be at a higher club, a bigger club in a higher league, I would imagine. Well, that's what he's at Leighton Orient for, isn't it? To develop that, bring it yeah. out, and then hopefully sell him on to a big transfer fee uh, to a championship side. I think time will tell with that one. LFC Teresa, not the best first half, but better in the second. JMD brought some magic to the game, and both goals from JMD and Wilkinson were fantastic. Better defending on the whole. Clean sheet as well. Give some credit to Ross. Great work for yeah. the whole team. Agree with her on that. Lawton Gams uh, said, decent second half performance against poor opposition demonstrates where we seem to be this season. Too good for the worst of the division, not good enough to compete with the best. Sunshine, LOFC, this is not a pretty game. Much the better team in the second half against a very ordinary Stevenage side. The O's did well to keep a clean sheet in the first half, but the last two games have been very encouraging. Ed Jones, 1976, a brilliant win. Minimal changes equals consistency, and hopefully Ross Embleton knows his best 11 now and tries to keep as close to that as possible as we go forward. JMD could be influential in the next few matches. Ted Talks Orient had special praise for Akinola, who said that he has been fantastic since his loan move. Quietly goes about his game, but he's a solid. Also appears to be our throwing specialist. <laughs> Casey Adams, LOFC, said, only watched the second half, but we look solid. Would also like to point out how well Josh Wright played since coming on. What a week for the team. Yeah, good point there. Right, gets a lot of um, bashers he on does. social media. But good to see he had a good 15 he minutes did. when he came on. Chris W underscore one says, great results. Six points, two clean sheets in a week. Equals a positive mindset. Tough game on Tuesday. I would start JMD with Walkinson and DJ. Then bring on Royal second half. Watson 0212 uh, said, much better in the second half. We were lucky to go into the break level. JMD showing what he does best and how to make an impact. Two clean sheets will do amazing for the defence's confidence and his hoping it continues. Trousers Techno said, decent performance, second half. Looking forward to when we do it for 90 minutes, but getting better with zero against in two games. Yeah, the final word this week goes to, and I'm going to say this very carefully, Bogs, yeah, <laughs> Bogs Dollocks 1, who said, very impressive. 
we were the only team trying to play football in a pretty all, in pretty awful conditions. Ross has some selection problems with a lot of the players now playing well with confidence. Long may playing well with confidence. Long may it continue. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out tonight. Those were all tweets that come into Orient Outlook. So once again, thank you for sending in the tweets. So you can tweet us with any of your views at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We are also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and we are on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. We absolutely are. Um, Prediction League. Uh, Design Cabby Prediction League update now. So... The man himself at Design Cadby. Special props to you, Johnny Rouse one as well, and Smokos, East London XR, Wings Mad, LOFC Kai, Pills of Doman, Big TB47. You guys all correctly predicted the scoreline, so well done to you. But extra, extra special credit goes to Alf Wunton96, Wallerad, Gary Hammond Perk, Danny Boy underscore 247, D McOneTire. Uh, John Band 6306547. You guys all corrected the correct, uh, correctly predicted the correct score and also a scorer. I mean, that's pretty good going. That means the top of the Design Cabri Prediction League is as follows: on 13 points, all at the top by himself is at George Girks. There's uh, five of you on 10 points. That's B Cross 95, Dan Alton 2590. LOFC08, Smokos and Wadsey, that's uh, all of you on 10 points and 8 points, uh, just slightly behind it. John Band, 6306547, Reedy QB9 and Rob MCC68, as well as Walla Ad. So thank you to everyone who sent in your predictions um, and for taking part. Yeah, brilliant. So in the evening, it was the first round draw. The FA Youth Cup and the O's have been drawn at home to Woking with the tie to be played next Monday, 2nd of November, kicking off at 7pm at Brisbane Road. Normally, um, it's free entry, I think, to season ticket holders. It'll be interesting to see whether that one gets streamed live on YouTube or something like that one. I imagine the club will do something with that one. Mm. Um, so good luck there to the young O's as they look to get on a good cup run. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on then to Sunday the 25th of October. The Orient ladies were in Capital Cup action this afternoon. They were away at QPR ladies at the QPR Academy training ground. And having gone 2-0 down, Nayara Denby scored a brace to force the tie into a penalty shootout, which unfortunately they sadly lost 5-4. We missed our first penalty. QPR didn't miss any, unfortunately. So unlucky to the ladies, but well done. Uh, very unlucky there to the ladies. So at a certain time that I don't know because I can't see how long the podcast has been for so one far. One hour, one minute and 47 uh, seconds. We're over an hour. Okay, one hour, one minute. Let's wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update as it stands because it's forever changing. As we record, Jamie Wellham is top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league on 390 points ahead of Josh Pedrick who is in second place. I'm currently 97th place out of 297 players as Mohamed Salah did nothing yesterday as my captain. Disgrace. Disgrace. (laughs) Arsenal have just lost to Leicester 1-0. Jamie Vardy got the goal. So unless Jamie Vardy was someone's captain, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be a massive a massive oh, man, week massive and Everton result. lost 2-0 as well earlier today so there's a couple of upsets there absolutely so time for positives and negatives we have three of each this week much more balanced Mr Levy I can't remember who done positives last week but I'll let you, I'll let you do it this week alright cool I can't remember actually positives back to back away wins in a week 
or just it is general, nice to really. talk about women it's like a much nicer vibe oh, complete uh, contrast. tonight <laughs> complete contrast my mood is completely different this week compared to last week clean sheets against Tranmere and Stevenage as well I think that's great for the back five uh, and our goal difference we've now worked that down to zero thanks to those three goals without reply that we managed to score so yeah we've now got a, a zero goal difference we've scored 10 and we've conceded 10 so that's uh, that's a real positive as far as I can see because that can be a point come the end of the season either way um, negatives yeah, there's three negatives this week. The first one, the loss of Howard Gould and Alan McKellar with the community work. Big, big loss there mm. to the club. Second negative, first half of games not being... We've put struggle down. I don't know if that's the right word, but maybe not just not being critical uh, enough in, in the boxes to get ourselves a lead. But two first halves that were quite quick and easy to forget this week. And the third negative, hopefully he's not going to head wasn't too bad is the knock that Royal Satiru took. Hopefully he's back uh, and available for selection in our upcoming fixtures. Yeah, so that moves us on now to Hero of the Week. And we had a bit of a head-scratch over this because there were a, there were several contenders, Lawrence Vigarou and Joby McEnough being two of them. But this week we have given Hero of the Week to... Mr Connor Wilkinson Absolutely. so well done to Connor Wilkinson comes on at Tranmere within two minutes he literally forces the keeper into the save that leads to the first goal restarts um, or starts on Saturday and gets the goal fifth goal ready this season yeah. equaled last season's tally very very good I think you know Vigarou we could have easily given it to Vigarou again two clean sheets we could have even Easily giving it to Joby, who played a massive part in both wins, gets a great assist yesterday. But we think Connor, over the course of the week, pips it. But it's great to have three players who it's nice really to hard yeah. to decide who to pick. So that was our hero of the week. So next week's fixtures in a big, big week. Another Tuesday, Saturday week coming up for the O's. Two home leagues and a real platform to climb up the league. As firstly, we entertain Exeter City at home on Tuesday, the 27th of October, who beat Scunthorpe United 3-1 on Saturday, currently fifth in League Two. That, I think, is going to be a yeah. toughie. Exeter, for the last couple of seasons, have always been up there. They've got XO Loney, Jake Taylor, who's a very, very good player now at this level. They've got some really good players. They seem to score goals for fun. Um, you know, it's very rare they score normal or one. It's always like two or three. That'll be a tough game, that one. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Although Scunthorpe are bottom of the league at the minute or in the bottom two. So they're, they're not exactly, um, you know, tearing up strips in this league. But to, to beat them and put three past them, um, you know, they'll be happy with that. But, you know, they've got a Tuesday night game to come to us. And hopefully, um, by having the home advantage, it's going to play play into our favour a little bit more um, but yeah either way it's going to be a tough game but then on Saturday the 31st of October we entertain Fallen Giants and pre-season league favourites Bolton Wanderers who drew one all with Cambridge on Saturday they're currently 18th in the league yeah a very very big opponent there I think Bolton have been getting better they don't really tend to lose they just tend to draw they've got Ewan Doyle who had a fantastic season they've got Ian Anthony Savicic Ian Doyle they've got Savicic from Plymouth he's scoring quite a few goals from the field he'll be one to be wary of and Ian Everett was very critical of the, yeah, the young goalkeeper 
yesterday evening uh, following Kizera that led to the Cambridge mm. goal yesterday it'd be interesting to see whether they go for a more experienced keeper but two hard games coming up for the O's and hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about two wins another date for your diaries tomorrow night Monday 26th of October 7pm the FA Cup first round draw we all love the FA Cup first round apart from last season which was bloody terrible yeah. um, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we draw um, a decent tie that we can all look forward to not and the what jam, we're going to not the jam guys <laughs> yeah not more than a chip tree hopefully although I think they did make it through um, but yeah they so did. I think they did make it through to the first round again yeah so sponsorship reminder don't forget the best plastering and rendering prices around visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all of your plastering and rendering needs. That is it for this week. We are just over an hour and seven minutes. Thank you for joining us in episode 221. What a difference of form and performances we've seen in the past week compared to the previous week. As in the last episode, we were talking about two defeats, and this week it's back to back away wins, clean sheets, and six points. Yeah, Ross Emerson stuck to his formation principles. Whatever they managed to work on midweek has definitely worked a treat. Perhaps it was just frank and open discussions to stop any rot setting in and ensure we give a good account of ourselves and improve our fortunes. Or maybe Ross just played the episode 220. Imagine. Whatever Ross done. Imagine. Whatever Ross has done. <laughs> I'd love it if he played it to him. I don't Imagine. think he did, but I'd love it if that would have happened. Them. Whatever Ross. <laughs> tortured them with an hour and 20 minutes of us moaning and bleating on. Yeah, if he would have played Ross's, uh, my CSA comment about lying to a kid, um, I'm sorry, his uh, emotion got the better of me there. I would love to be the fly on the wall had that happen. But whatever Ross has done this week, please do it again this week, Ross, and let's see what happens. Setting up a very big week next week, sets up well, big one, ensures we're going very confident to two big games at home. Absolutely. So, as always, if you're listening on iTunes, please can you just give us a please subscribe and uh, give the podcast a review. It does help with the algorithms and, um, and and helps us to be more prominent in the iTunes world. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app that you use, if we haven't mentioned it, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on your smart speaker as well, so listening to us has got even easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one or an Orient chum who you think will like the podcast or just want to be updated on what's going on with Orient, grab their phone or somehow whatever it is that you need to do to help them, please help them out and pass the pod on. We'll be back next week with episode number 222. So it's all the twos next week and we'll have all the information and views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you during the course of the week and as always, keep calm have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.